It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. To be on the world stage, have two black quarterbacks start in the Super Bowl, I think it's special. Yeah, I think it's history. I think it's something that's worthy of being noted, and it is history. What those two guys did this whole season and how they played, I think it's unbelievable. I'm just glad that we can kind of set the stage for kids that are coming up now. The rise of the black quarterback, the prominence of black quarterbacks, is what will in part define this era of football that we're in right now. It is Super Bowl week, and there is so much around Super Bowl week, from your prop bets to the crazy questions from Super Bowl media night, which was last night, to the game itself, as attention will start going there. But one of the other great things about Super Bowl week is that a whole bunch of people converge on wherever it is, and this time it's in Arizona, and they chat about a whole bunch of different things, and they talk, and it's, it's just a fun week. Overall, And with that, we're going to go out to the phone line because New Orleans Saints defensive end Cam Jordan is joining us here now on Candy and Carla on ESPN Radio alongside Courtney Cronin on Michael Rothstein. And Cam, thanks for taking a few minutes with us today. We know you're here to, to chat about something. We're going to get to that in a few minutes. But I want to talk to you first about what we're maybe going to see this weekend. What stands out to you the most about... The Eagles defense and the Chiefs defense. Yeah, I mean, come on. We, we've got we got the Philadelphia Eagles defense, who was number two in the league overall, which had the, the defensive line that was completely going a berserk in terms of sacks. What they had like fifty some sacks between the entire defensive line, seventy sacks on the year, five sacks that first playoff game, another three sacks last week. That's seventy eight total. I mean, as a D lineman, you dream of of being a part of something like this. So, I mean, I might be jaded in saying that if anybody's going to stop the Kansas City Chiefs, it will be the Philadelphia Eagles. But you also have Pat Mahomes, who's a magician. Just call it is what it is. He's a wizard with the football. Okay, the trenches play for both of these teams. That's a lot of eyes are going to be there, even for casual football fans, because like you had mentioned with the Philadelphia Eagles and Hassan Reddick, and then on the other side of that defensive line for the Chiefs with Chris Jones, you've got some game wreckers uh, up front. Like as a defensive lineman, how do you size up what those, in, what you know, all those pass rushers have done throughout the postseason, and who might have the edge among those among that I position mean- group? I mean, you look at it and you say, hey, maybe we never just put a solo tight end on Hassan Reddick again <laughs> after what he did to Brock Purdy in the NFL Niners, in, in the Niners game. If you look at the entire D-line from Hargraves to Fletcher Cox to Joseph Limbaugh and Donovan Sue, Brandon Graham to, to Josh Sweat, I mean, and uh, clearly I've mentioned Hassan Reddick. If you look at this entire defensive line, they are poised to get after the passer. And that's what you're going to need to get after Pat Mahomes, who has Travis Kelsey, who has McCall Harvey who has, uh, you know, I keep calling him Prosecco, and I got to stop that. It's Pacheco. I got to work on that on the last name pronunciation. But the, the weapons that they have match up really well, and that's just talking about the Philadelphia defense, uh, defensive line. You talk about the DBs, in my mind, led by uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who had the, you know, the t- tied the league-leading picks with six of them. Uh, you talk about big play slay, 
I mean, they're star-studded to match the star-studded offense. So I'm always going to lean for the defensive line heavy, but let's not get it, get it twisted. Chris Jones went crazy with two sacks last week. You got Frank Clark, everybody who, who can who can push it. You got the young guy and uh, Carl Loftus. I, I really like their D-line, but I really love the way that the Philadelphia Eagles is, is rushing right now. We're talking to New Orleans Saints defensive end Cam Jordan here on Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio. And, and Cam, you did lose your co-defensive coordinator and your position coach for a long time about a week ago as Ryan Nielsen's heading to Atlanta to be their defensive coordinator. What does that do to the Saints, and what might Ryan Nielsen bring to Atlanta? I mean, Atlanta has probably had like 30 sacks over the last two years. So what he's going to do is actually bring a pass rush. Um, you think about what Atlanta has is Grady Jarrett. And then you have Ryan Nielsen now. So now he's going to bring in some, some pass rushers. If not, he knows how to cultivate them. One of the best teachers of the defensive line that I've ever been a part of. Uh, you know, I think that the only one that's probably on par with him would be Tosh Lupoy, who was a D coordinator over at the University of Oregon. Either way, you're going to get all types of energy, all types of uh, ability and potential being brought out to its maximum for Ryan Nielsen. I hate that he left, and especially hate that he left to Atlanta. That's his choice. Now he's got to see us twice a, week, twice a year. Yeah, if there's anywhere for him to go, maybe getting him out of the division would have been smart. But nonetheless, I mean, you guys faced the Philadelphia Eagles a couple weeks before the end of the season. It was Gardner Minshew at quarterback, not Jalen Hurts. But I know that you've seen him in previous years, and you guys have history with Patrick Mahomes, too. So what are the challenges of going up against those guys that once they get out of the pocket, once they scramble, feels like it's game over? Man, um... Yeah, you talk about Pat Mahomes. It's not even if he scrambles because he still throws underhands, left hands. You know, a guy like Pat Mahomes, you never know where he's going to be, let alone how he's going to throw, so it's hard to prepare for that. A guy like Jalen Hurts, you know he can beat you with speed. He can beat you with his prowess. And luckily, you know, we played him this, this past year with Gardner Minshew. You're aiming to see a Gardner Minshew versus a Jalen Hurts or a Pat Mahomes. We're talking at New Orleans Saints defensive end Cam Jordan here on Candy and Carolina ESPN Radio. And Going back to the NFC South for a minute, you you played Tom Brady twice a year. He's retired. He went off on the beach to do that retirement. What is has that changed the NFC South? What well, what do you think this division looks like for you for y'all now? Uh, I mean, the NFC South has been what it all has been. We're going to be competing for those final two spots, regardless of our record, whatever whatever the NFL is indicative of going towards. Even this year, it wasn't until the final two games that we weren't in a playoff contention. At the last two game mark, we were still looking, possibly looking to secure the division. Had we secured the division, we go into the playoffs. And in my mind, if we go to playoffs, we're going to win a Super Bowl. I don't know if that is how it actually pans out. But in my mind, we hit, we hit, all we need is a ticket to try and claim what we really want. All right, Cam, we know you're here promoting something pretty cool. Want to tell us a little bit about mythical games for NFL rivals? Absolutely. Man, you talk about it, the NFL rivals. It's, it's an arcade-style game. Think of it, like, in my mind, it's like going back to the streets. It's like, it's like NFL Blitz 2.0, but it's better and it's easily accessible because it's on your phone. I mean, you think about how fast-paced, how much you used to love it. You know, it's not 11-11 football, but it's 9v9. I mean... You're still getting the same action that you used to. It brings back that nostalgic sense for me because it's like, oh, man, like I can, I can hit people how I want to. You don't have to worry about flags coming out for hitting quarterbacks, you know, a little more than, a little more than medium 
soft, you know. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to put a pillow out for quarterbacks these days. In this game, you can go ahead and attack and do whatever you need to do. Uh, Cam, I know you're talking about the game here, but in, in real life, how big of an how big of an issue would you feel like that is right now for defensive linemen in terms of roughing the passer? Man, I, roughing the passer in terms of defenders versus offense in general, whether it be you know the the holding calls you see on a on a uh, on a corner when it's clearly within five yards, whatever you want to call it, you're strapping these kids down in terms of how fast we can play when someone's about to hit a quarterback. You see it. In the Niners game versus Dallas, uh, that first playoff game, you got DeForest, not DeForest, you got uh, uh, Eric Armstead about to sack Dak Prescott, and he lets up and he just punches and he hits him in the uh, in their end zone. It could have been a safety. It should have been a sack safety, but Eric's thinking in his mind, if he hits him too hard, it's going to be a penalty. If, if the ball's already gone, it's going to be, you know, another penalty of some sort. There's so many ideas from, you know, so many uh, abilities from the referee side to penalize the defense. It's almost like you're playing with handcuffs. But luckily, we don't have that in this game. <laughs> luckily, yeah. you turn your phone on, you turn on the information, you're, you're back at the action. 9v9. I think I'm going to look forward to playing that. Um, all right, so we know that Sean Payton just got hired by the Broncos. You played for him for a long time for the New Orleans Saints. What should Broncos players be ready to expect from Payton that maybe they haven't seen from a head coach before? Man, I mean, when you talk about Sean Payton, it's he's literally bringing consistency and a, a level through the organization, top down. From Monday through Saturday, you're going to know exactly what you're getting into. You can get to a rhythm. You can you can always rely on if you need a pick me up, Sean's going to be the start of that. If you need your defense to step up, that's the only time I really had to worry about something. If if the defense was really really messing up or doing really really well, that's when I'd hear from Sean. Other than that, you know you can trust your offense is going to be on the right ship because as much as Sean is is adamant about putting points on the board, he's adamant about getting guys in the right position, knowing and being fully prepared for that upcoming game. So you're getting a heck of a coach, but also Sunday he's a different man, and everybody knows it. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking to New Orleans State defensive end Cam Jordan here on Candy and Carl on ESPN Radio. Cam, we'll get you out of here on this. Obviously, Super Bowl is on Sunday. How do you think this ends up shaking out, and what's your biggest key to to victory here? My biggest key is playing this Rivals game because I think the Mythical Games did a great job, not only you know bringing uh, nostalgia for me come back, but just just football in general in a fun manner to, to a video game. If you want to talk about the Super Bowl, huh, the NFL, you know, I, I didn't see uh, Aaron Foster was talking about somebody's script. I didn't see the script for this year. So I just don't know where it's going to go. <laughs> I, I that it's going to be a great defensive game, and that's all I'm looking, really looking forward to is a defensive line eating and showing out. Now, which one's going to have the edge? I'm probably leaning on those one that's super stacked with, you know, in Dominican Sue and, and, and big Jordan Davis and Whatever, but you can't not say that a guy like Chris Jones and his defensive line isn't going to step up to the challenge. We'll, we'll make sure that the uh, the script gets to Metairie next year for you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I would like to know in advance. I want to be prepared for when you know Super Bowl hit because Super Bowl fifty three or fifty eight sounds like it's going to be a, a same Super Bowl. <laughs> that is Cam Jordan, New Orleans Saints defensive end. Thanks for taking a few minutes with us today, man. I appreciate you guys for having me on. You guys stay blessed. Don't don't forget to go ahead and download the uh, Rivals game. It's going to be amazing.
I'm excited about that. Nine versus nine. He's talking about it's like NFL Blitz 2.0. Doesn't yeah. that bring you back to your childhood? It does. I mean, I was more of an NBA jam guy myself. But yeah, totally. I, I remember NFL Blitz. You could like su- somersault people. You could suplex people. It was awesome. All the things that would get called for unnecessary roughness now. Tune in to NBA action tonight as the Lakers host the Thunder presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. Latham Schefter reporting that the Broncos and Saints have reached a deal on compensation for Sean Payton. After the firing of Nathaniel Hackett, he was my number one target for the Broncos. They understand this has to fix Russell Wilson. Is this the guy that can almost push a big reset button on a quarterback's career? And I think it's the guy. They hired Sean Payton because he's really freaking good. Who needs draft picks when you've got Sean Payton? (laughs) You know, the... The Los Angeles Rams had a saying, Courtney Crowden. Bleep them picks. It's really starting to feel like the Denver Broncos are subscribing to that method. This is Kenny and Carly on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We're also on your smart speaker. Alongside Courtney Cronin, I'm Michael Rothstein. We're in for Kenny and Carlin today. And, you know, Sean Payton going to the Broncos. Courtney Here's, here's my question to you right now. Is this a smart strategy, what Denver is doing? Because between Peyton and Russell Wilson, it seems like they're just treating draft picks like they're Brussels sprouts when you can get chocolate. Like, I just don't understand what they're doing. Well, I mean, Denver's going to have to use free agency to build this roster because we know there were multiple first-round draft picks sent back in the trade for Russell Wilson and the first-round draft picks that were sent to the New Orleans Saints for Sean Payton. They don't have a lot of draft capital the next couple years. They don't draft before the third round this year. So if they want to build this roster and make sure that Russell Wilson, you know, fixing the offensive line, having more consistency at wide receiver, then they're going to have to go about it throughout free agency next month. But I, the thing that still irks me, Sean Payton, as we know, because of Dan Quinn pulling his name out, Jim Harbaugh going back to Michigan, and some other coaches, too, that ended up elsewhere this cycle, it sounded like Sean Payton was kind of their third option. And they gave up all of that for their third option. That's a risk. It is, but maybe that also tells you how many people don't have the confidence in coaching Russell Wilson. Maybe they saw Russell Wilson. They saw what Nathaniel Hackett did and moreover did not do with Russell Wilson, and they didn't want to let's ride Broncos country. They decided they wanted to take alternative transportation somewhere else. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, part part of it too, Courtney, is this, is that Russell Wilson, that was one of the conversations. It was in Seattle and it was in Denver that he had his personal coaches around and he had other hangers on around. And it wasn't just, it was like the Russell Wilson experience featuring the Denver Broncos in some cases. Well, Sean Payton was asked about that. And here's what he had to say about whether that's going to be tolerated in the Sean Payton Denver Broncos. Coach, uh, Russell Wilson had a personal coach, Jake Heaps, in the building with access who wasn't on the staff. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with that. How do you feel about um, players having their own people off the staff in the building access to players? Yeah, that's foreign to me. That, that's not going to take place here. I mean, I, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with it, but our staff will be here, our players will be here, and that'll be it. Now, I'm not going to call Sean Payton a liar, but what's the actual chances that he was unfamiliar with that? Probably 
pretty slim because I imagine he talked to Russell Wilson before he took this job. <laughs> you know, that's just me. It's a well, shot in the research. dark there. Yeah, he did his research. <laughs> he knows what he's dealing with. He knows the project that's ahead of him. And it's not just Russ on the field. Of course, that's a big part of it. But it's Russ off the field and it's Russ in the building and it's Russ trying to recapture the magic of what made him so great and not letting for all intents and purposes, his ego get in the way of that because you can do these things. We know that Tom Brady and Alex Guerrero inside the Patriots facility, like that was the big point of contention between Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. And Tom Brady won a lot of Super Bowls for the New England Patriots. And if that wasn't tolerated there, now other places down in Tampa Bay, seems like they were a little bit more lenient in getting Tom Brady in free agency and letting him do whatever he needed to do to keep his body and his mind right at 45 years old. Russell Wilson hasn't won anything in a very long time. And simply put, sounds like Sean Payton, knowing what we know now about what he said, I don't, he did give himself a little bit of wiggle room to walk that thing back. But it sounds like the people who come in not wearing Denver Broncos gear, but wearing number three on their, on their shirts and part of the Russell Wilson team, all of the people rumored to have prime parking spots at the facility in Inglewood, Colorado, just doesn't feel like that's going to fly anymore in the Sean Payton era. If, if truly he's going to, Buy, if Russ is going to buy in and let Sean Payton put his hands on him and get him fixed. I mean, here's the thing, too, right? And this is what just kept coming into my head. So I went to the Googles really quick to find it. Like, when you're talking about Tom Brady, you're talking about Russell Wilson and Tom Brady and Alex Guerrero and Russell Wilson and his thing. Well, this is this. You, if you go back to, like, the 1988, uh, this, I'm going deep cut here, the 1988 vice presidential debate, you will remember, like, Dan Quayle and Lloyd Benson debating, and it be, there was a key phrase from that debate was, Senator, you're no Jack Kennedy. Well, Russell Wilson, you're no Tom Brady. You don't get those types of rules. It's just not going to happen here for you. Like, you got to just let things be. Be one of the guys instead of being off on your own planet. That did not work for you last year in Denver, and Sean Payton's not going to tolerate that. I think we've seen that in New Orleans. Like, the way the Saints have operated, it's never been about that. And he had a guy who was very worthy of being that if he wanted to be in Drew Brees. Yeah, and knowing, you know, what's at stake here and how much the Denver Broncos gave up to get Sean Payton, Mike, I would imagine Greg Penner, the CEO of the Denver Broncos, is going to say, we're, we're siding with the head coach here, what he says goes, because Russell Wilson's future in Denver may not be beyond this season. Yes, it would be very costly to part ways with him one way or another, but if this experiment doesn't work out, you can be damn sure that they're not going to be willing, they're not going to be willing to wait much longer. This is a brand new ownership group, an ownership group that came on after the decision was made on Russell Wilson and via the trade. I think that they're going to say, our window to win, this guy is standing in the way of it if things don't get better in 2023. So by 2024, they're not going to have a choice but to move on from Russell Wilson if things are still as bad as they are. Therefore, I'm sure Sean Payton walks in there and has carte blanche to do whatever he feels, which at this point, given what he said yesterday during his introductory session with the media, sounds like he's willing to say it's my way or the highway here, Russ. Yeah, listen, the only person really who has been around, and this is within a year, that made that decision is George Payton. If I'm George Payton and it doesn't work out, I'm worried about my job potentially too. It's going to be really interesting because Sean Payton's going to have all of the power. Coming up next, we're going to do a little good bet, bad bet with our guy Joe Fortenbaugh, but that's after Courtney tells you a little bit about Indeed. 
Thanks, Mike. This new year, make the resolution to speed up your hiring process. Check out Indeed, the hiring platform that makes it simple to attract, screen, and interview candidates all in the same place. Just sponsor a post and get matched instantly with your quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed meet your job description. Then invite them to apply and get connected. No more jumping from site to software to cell phone. Manage everything from your employer's dashboard where you can easily schedule virtual interviews. Get started at Indeed.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Well, I, I know my luck in Las Vegas. The odds are never, ever in my favor, not on blackjack, not in roulette, certainly not on any sports wagering that I would make. This is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Alongside Courtney Cronin, I'm Michael Rothstein. Don't ever trust any bet that I'll tell you. We are filling in for the guys, but we're going to go to somebody now on the phone. He's an hour and a half from his own show, Joe and Amber, on ESPN Radio, and this is a guy whose bets you can trust. Joe Fortenbaugh, welcome to the show, my man. Hey, guys. How are you today? I'm doing great. So we want to play a little bit of good bet, bad bet with you if you'd be so inclined. And let's start here. Let's start with tonight. LeBron James, he's going for all-time scoring mark in the NBA. Over-under points tonight is 32.5. Good bet or bad bet? Are you talking about the over or the under being a good bet or bad bet? Well, you tell me, what are you going to do? What would you do? Okay, so I'm giving you the good bet here. Yes. Okay, so if you're going to make a good bet on that one, I would be betting the under 32.5 points. LeBron's scoring average this season is 30 per game, and at the same time, when you look at Anthony Davis on the court versus off the court, his scoring average goes down further when Davis is available, as he is in tonight's game. Further, there's a conspiracy theory that how would you want to go about breaking this record? Do you want to break it tonight against Oklahoma City, where not as many people may be watching, or do you want to break it on Thursday 
Thursday against Giannis and the Bucks in a nationally televised showdown. I know tonight's a nationally televised game as well, but this one's even bigger and juicier on Thursday night. I'm sure Kareem will be in the building. All the attention will be on Milwaukee and LeBron. That's the game. So I would say tonight he goes under 32 and a half. See, I'm one of those conspiracy theorists, Joe. Like, I look at this and I say he wants to do it because it all comes full circle against the Milwaukee Bucks on Thursday where, you know, team that drafted Kareem, he's going to be breaking Kareem's record. But what if he has like five points to get there? And that happens in like the first like three or four minutes of the game. I guess, I don't know. I would rather see it happen towards the end of the game after a hard fought battle, but I'm with you. I think that he will end up doing it on Thursday. Okay, how about First of all, you cover the Chicago Bears for a living, so you're knee-deep in conspiracy theories as (laughs) this number one overall pick. So that's there. Number two, I get what you're saying. Go after it tonight and have the big performance, but everything LeBron James has done throughout the course of his career has shown us that he is a master marketer. Look at his announcement when he went to Miami. Look at the, the, the path he's chosen for the end of his career to be in L.A., Hollywood, movies, production, all the different things he's involved in. He understands better than anyone the best way to go about breaking this record would be Thursday night versus Tuesday night. And you can listen to LeBron James' pursuit of tonight. Pursuit of history tonight on ESPN Radio as the Lakers face the Thunder. That pregame starts at 9.30 Eastern to see whether these conspiracy theories are correct or not. We're presented, by the way, by Progressive Insurance. Let's go to football, Joe. Patrick Mahomes over under passing guards 294.5 in the Super Bowl this Sunday. Is the over a good bet or a bad bet? So originally, I was of the impression that it was a bad bet. Now, Philadelphia has played 19 games this season. They're number one in pass defense. They're number one in pressure rate. And in those 19 aforementioned games they've played, only one quarterback has thrown for over 250 yards against them. That was Dak Prescott in that matchup in Dallas in December. So there's a lot pointing to how difficult it's going to be for Mahomes, especially on an ankle that isn't 100%, especially with a receiving unit that's a bit depleted. That was my initial stance last week. But I come across a lot of sharp individuals here in Las Vegas, people who know a lot more than I do. And sometimes it's better to listen to what they say than to what you think. And while it hasn't completely moved me to an overbet, I do know some guys that really think the Chiefs are going to expose the Philadelphia defense. You look at those 19 games I mentioned where they talk about being number one in pass defense. They've only played four games all year. Four. Not counting the San Francisco game at the end of the season when the quarterbacks got hurt. Four games against teams that ranked in the top 10 in scoring. One was against Detroit. The Lions hung 35 on him. One was that game against Dallas with Dak Prescott at the end of the season where the Cowboys hung 40 on him. The other two were against Minnesota and Jacksonville who, good, not great. Right? Good, not great. Both those games were in Philly. So I think there's an opportunity here for Mahomes and the Chiefs to expose Philly's defense. That's why, to tell you a good bet or bad bet, I'm indifferent. I originally liked the under, but I'm starting to get pulled towards the over. Joe Fortenbaugh, host of Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio, which comes at your way right after us here on Canty and Carlin, playing some good bet and bad bet. Jalen Hurts, the over-under right now on rushing yards, 50 and a half. And I think back to the last two games where the Giants and the San Francisco 49ers sold out against the run, which limited Hurts. But is the over here a good bet or a bad bet? I'd be looking a little bit more towards the under bet there, Courtney. Uh, it's a big number because everyone likes Hurts. Everybody likes Hurts to run. He should be able to find some opportunity here against the Chiefs defense that I believe has given up the fifth or sixth most rushing yards to opposing quarterbacks this season. So when it comes to Hurts scoring a touchdown, that price is plus $113. $100 wager returns $113 in profit. 
I would make that bet. But I don't necessarily know if I see him going over 50 rushing yards because I think you hit the nail on the head. If you're Kansas City's defense, your thought process is, look, we're not going to completely shut down this offense. There's no way we're going to hold them to three points and 200 total yards. So let's sell out. Let's try to lock down one thing and make them play left-handed. And I think if you would, you would sell out trying to stop the run and you'd force them to beat you through the air, especially with Hertz's shoulder, which has looked shaky since the injury, that would be the best path to success. Look at the second half Hertz had against San Francisco. He did not want to throw the ball over the middle of the field. He wanted to throw it down the sideline, much like he did in the Chicago game after he got hurt. He was just chucking up nine routes and it wasn't working. If Kansas City can get him to do that, he's going to be in trouble. So I would look to the under on the rushing yards. We're playing good, bad, bad, bad here with Joe Fortenbaugh, who's a Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio that you can hear tonight starting at 7 p.m. and every weeknight. All right, Joe, I want to change this up just a little bit. So if you're not aware, our producer Stosh is just a little bit of a Kansas City Chiefs fan. And by just a little bit, I mean he's the biggest Kansas City Chiefs fan I know. I want you to create an over-under for a number of Stosh screams on Sunday. Stosh screams on Sunday? I mean, as a fan in a game where it's going to last, what, close to four hours with the halftime and knowing Stosh will be screaming with Rihanna on there on the stage as well. So you got to factor in halftime. I mean, we're talking a big number here, and this is a tight point spread, which implies that we should have a close game, which implies a lot of big moments, whereas in a blowout, even some moments that would get you to scream you might not care about necessarily. I would set that number 19 and a half screams. 19 and a half screams. The Ooh. over would be minus 120. I juice it to the over. I think the public's going to want to bet that as well. Now, I want to know. I want to know who will have more screams, me or your producer, James Steele, fellow yeah. Chiefs fan. That's what's interesting about ESPN Radio. Everyone located in Connecticut, yet everyone apparently a Chiefs fan. Yeah, and I don't none get of them are either. from Kansas yeah. City, which is hilarious to me because I'm from if you're not from Kansas, you're from there. I'm from there. Well, Stash Which, is one of the rare ones who actually is from the, te- <laughs> the place where the team he cheers for resides. Fine, and that's legitimate. James Steele's from Western PA. And to me, it's like, eh, have you been a Chiefs fan forever, or did it just so happen in the last four or five years? Because I think a lot of people became Chiefs fans in the last four or five years. So I guess the screams would probably lean a little bit more to Stosh over Steele because Stosh has been bleeding it his whole life, but Steele's going to be right there, buddy. He's going to be right there next to you. Oh, I'm taking Stosh over Steele in a scream fest no matter what, both in in loudness of scream and also probably in volume of scream in terms of how many they are. Joe, thanks so much for joining us for a few minutes tonight. Everybody check out Joe and Amber. It's on ESPN Radio starting at 7 p.m. tonight and every weeknight here on our fine network. My pleasure, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. Have a great show. Thanks, Joe. Thanks. Coming up next, well, guess what? Those Stosh screams, Aaron Rodgers might be able to hear them even in his darkness. We'll explain exactly what I'm talking about next. Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Season is on the line on this play. Jared Goff, empty shotgun, takes a step, fires right side, got his man, and that will do it. That's the season, boys and girls. It's going to be important to get through this week to take my, uh, you know, my isolation retreat just to be able to contemplate all things my future. And What's isolation retreat? We're just going into a cave? It's four nights of complete uh, darkness. It's a darkness retreat. So yeah, Aaron Rodgers ain't going to go to a man cave. He's going to go to a cave cave, maybe, according to Pat McAfee. And if you're saying, wait, what? I'm confused. Don't worry, you're probably not alone there. This is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel Ann, or your smart speaker alongside Courtney Cronin. I'm Michael Rothstein. We're here and we're talking about Aaron Rodgers because it's Tuesday, which means he was on the Pat McAfee show and he said something that made you think and made you scratch your head a little bit. And Courtney, he wants to go on a darkness retreat. I think it's going to be important. How do you feel about that? Would you want Would you want to go on a darkness retreat? I would want to go on a darkness retreat if I had the flexibility to come into the light a little bit. And by that, I mean the light of my TV, because I don't mind being in darkness and quiet and all things like that. But for four straight days, that's a little much without any sort of visual <laughs> stimulation in staring into the darkness. Like, how dark is it? Is it like pitch black you cannot see your hand in front of your face darkness is this just no lights and you just work by the light the you know daylight like what is this exactly well we're gonna let Aaron Rodgers explain it I think it's gonna be important to get through this week and then to take my uh, you know my isolation retreat just to be able to contemplate all things uh, my future and then uh, and then make a decision that I feel like is is best for me moving forward and in the highest interest of my happiness and then uh, and then move forward. What's isolation retreat? We're just going into a cave. It's four nights of complete uh, darkness. It's a darkness retreat. I've had, you know, a number of friends who've done it and had some profound uh, experiences and it's something that's been on my radar for a few years now and I felt like it'd be awesome to do regardless of where I was leaning after this season. So it's been on the calendar for uh, months and months and months and it's coming up in a couple weeks. I'm I'm really excited for this darkness retreat. I want to go on a darkness retreat right now. ESPN bosses, if you can't find me for four days, just assume that I have also joined Aaron Rodgers in his darkness retreat. I'll try to get a good story from it. But it, it just sounds peaceful. But the, here's the thing that, Courtney, that to me is the most notable. He said after the darkness retreat, he's going to have a decision on his future. So he clearly is trying to use this as a mind, I would say not a mind cleanser, but a calming of his mind so he can make a decision that he is completely at peace with. Yeah, I mean, think about it. The last time we saw Aaron Rodgers coming off a football field, he's got Randall Cobb under one arm, and he may have well may well have been saying goodbye to Green Bay 
in the fan base at, at Lambeau Field for the last time, Mike, because we know the reporting that's out there that the Packers are interested in exploring a trade this offseason to get him off their books. He has an incredibly complicated contract, the way that it's structured with all of the guarantees this year. And he's got to determine whether he wants to go and play somewhere else because it's not a matter of, oh, they'll trade me, I'll go somewhere else, and I can coast into year 40 and mail it in more or less. Like you've got to be rejuvenated in the sense where you've got a new team, a new ownership, a new front office, a new coaching staff. And we all know that you're Aaron Rodgers. You are greatness personified at the quarterback position. But do you have the mental wherewithal and the bandwidth to do that? Because no matter how great you are, if you are so completely burned out with football after the last couple of years of making it so close to getting to the Super Bowl and coming up short, winning the MVP in back-to-back seasons, then of course what happens this year, and they get knocked out of the playoffs, uh, out of playoff contention, I think that he owes himself this time to really think about it. And it sounds like he's really doing his due diligence, which some people may use as a punchline on jokes. And that's fine because it's Aaron Rodgers and he's kind of put himself in position for that. But he really is doing everything he needs to do to make a decision that only he can make. Right. And just because you and I as I am curious about this, I think most people are. What exactly happens during a darkness retreat? Essentially, and I'm going. I'm on Sky Cave retreats, which is one of these darkness retreats places. We don't know if that's where Aaron Rodgers is going. And they said for advanced practitioners who have spent extensive time alone on retreat or are familiar with resting deeply in stillness, they recommend five to ten days in the dark. Typically, most sleep more or less for the first 24 to 48 hours. And as the days continue to unfold, they tend to find that they need less and less sleep. And eventually they get heightened sensitivity and the opening of the subconscious that naturally begins. And that's due to different neurochemical reactions that occur from various glands and hormones by being both suppressed and or stimulated from the light deprivation and the simple nature of the dark and solitude. So basically, he is really trying to open his mind. And don't forget, this is somebody who had worked with ayahuasca a lot last season to try and make a decision. I respect this. I do, too. And it kind of sounds like monostatic silence when you mentioned all of those things about what the retreat's going to entail. And if that's how you need to clear your mind, if you're Aaron Rodgers, to make a decision that could alter the course of your career and what you do the next couple of years, by all means, I just would need a little bit more visual stimulation. Like I'm, I'm the people who sleep for 24 to 48 hours and then I'm on to something else. So if I'm going on this darkness retreat, I only am going for two days. That's fair. I'm going and I might never come back. I might just be like, this is so peaceful and great. Just give me this over and over and over again, because I would like to open my mind like that. I am sold on this darkness retreat. I hope Aaron Rodgers takes it and then tells all of us every little detail about what this darkness retreat ends up being. Coming up next, no darkness for the Thunder or the Lakers. That's coming up tonight. We're going to take the pulse of L.A. as LeBron closes in on Kareem. That's next. Candy and Garland on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Candy and Garland podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Candy and Garland, the podcast.